In the following live session recording, Scott Crow, pastor of discipleship and administration with Mount Zion Baptist Church in Snellville, Georgia, talks about building a great team. Being a Sunday school or small group leader is fun and rewarding, but it was never intended to be done in isolation. The listener will discover how to build a great ministry team in your class or group. Let's join Scott now. Welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I hope you have your notebook. Uh, I know there's probably a couple of things in there that you can take some notes on. I didn't create a note sheet, um, but I do have at the end, uh, Matt has a, uh, a little sheet that we'll pass around and you can put your name and your email on there and I'll email you the notes if you want the notes and the PowerPoints as well. And you can take my picture out and use the rest of it. How about that? Uh, so um, anyway, thank you so much uh, for, for being here and for coming today and uh, yeah we'll go ahead and start that uh, start that around this session is entitled building a great team okay and so I really hope that you like sports because I'm gonna go ask dogs. go dogs well I wonder why they call this go Georgia I mean that sounds more like a cheer than the title of a conference doesn't it um, here's what I want you to do I want you to find as we start, I want you to find uh, two or three people that you don't know and discuss, are you ready for this? The greatest sports teams of all time and what made them great. I want to see what y'all come up with. All right. Just, just get up, move around, find somebody, talk about sports. If you don't know, if you don't know one, somebody else will, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's come back together and tell me uh, tell me what your neighbor said about the greatest. And I, I you're probably like me. You'd rather talk about your favorite sports team, hadn't you? Greatest sports team ever. Somebody give me an example of one. Don't be shy. Oh, uh, my neighbor. Yeah. Uh, Dusty said uh, he talked about football with the Patriots and uh, Tom Brady because uh, he's a great quarterback and, and his age is 43 and he's still okay. uh, good and so he can bring the team and he beat us down here in the town. Remember, yeah. by the time I got home, we had lost the game. Yeah. That was that was that was the that was the year of Deflate Gate, wasn't it? Just to remind everybody, uh -huh. I have never. Went to bed so mad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I turned the remote off, threw it on the couch, and I said, we're going to bed. <laughs> and I promised myself after that I would never go to, go to bed mad about a sporting event again. <laughs> so this year I cannot watch the Braves after the seventh inning if that's yeah. going Amen. So, anyway, okay, the New England Patriots. Anybody else got an example? Alabama cuss Georgia keep <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to go there, do we? Give a little kudos to Nick's Nick Saban. Somebody else. USA hockey team is gonna go. Okay. Was that nineteen eighty, I think, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. In the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. That was a miracle, right, yeah. wasn't it? Miracle they were team. not expected to do anything. Yeah, good example. The ladies soccer team this year. The ladies soccer team this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of a Football, football is my second favorite sport, and baseball is my favorite sport. So um, I can tolerate basketball to an extent. 
here's, here's three that I found that I thought was interesting. I found a list of the 30 greatest teams ever, so I'm going to share a few with you. This was uh, back, in, back in the day when I was a teenager. This was my team, the San Francisco 49ers, because the Falcons were terrible. Uh, but the San Francisco 49ers, Joe Montana, yeah. Dwight Clark, uh, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, all those guys, those, they had some great teams. They, they were called the, 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 the dynasty of the 80s, and they won two Super Bowls that year, and, and these two teams were ranked number 8 and number 17 uh, in that group. Uh, really, the 1989, which was the year Loretta and I were married, was the best of the, of the two teams, and they went through the playoffs and scored, outscored their opponents 126 to 26 by 100 points, uh, which is the best mark ever en route to uh, winning a Super Bowl. So uh, those two uh, would put in this group. Here's another one, a little bit more current, a basketball team. Uh, the 2016 and 17 Golden State Warriors. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Any of y'all keep up with basketball? A little, yeah, me too. When, when there's nothing else on, I'll watch basketball. This team played uh, their their season. They were 67 and 15 in the regular season. 67 and 15. That's hard to believe. And in the playoffs, they lost one game. 16 and one in the playoffs. And uh, represent ESPN said this was the best the best uh, team in league history when it comes to when it comes to basketball. So number one was a baseball team was not the Atlanta Braves. I know you're surprised. Anybody want to guess what team it was? The New York Yankees. The 19. The okay. The 1998 New York Yankees had Derek Jeter. Mariano Rivera, Paul O'Neill, and Bernie Williams as their team, uh, and they were—they just broke all kind of baseball records uh, that year. During the regular season, uh, 114 wins, 48 losses out of 162 games—unbelievable. Uh, they breezed through the playoffs, only lost two games in the playoffs. Uh, ended up with 125 wins for the season, best mark in baseball history. So what does it take to make a great team? In your opinion, what does it take to make a great team? Leadership. Leadership, okay. What else? Good players. Good players, Commitment. all right. Commitment, that's good. What else? Productivity. Pardon? Productivity. Productivity, okay. Play the role assigned to you. Play the role assigned to you. That's great. That's great. That's good. What else? Discipline. Discipline. Okay. That's good. That's good. Something else? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Commitment. For sure. So, just like these teams had a great team, um, you can have a great team as well. And we're going to unpack uh, what that looks like here uh, as, we, as we talk today. Uh, about building a great team, and I will say this: a lot, a lot of what I'm uh, talking about has to do more with Sunday school leadership. But you can adapt it to use however 
uh, in whatever uh, leadership role that you are in. So here's what I want us to begin to do. I want us to get a, uh, a biblical perspective first, okay? So I hope you have a Bible or a phone with the Bible on it because we're going to need it. Uh, I, need, I need us to break up in five groups, and I'm going to have to move to this side for just a little bit. We're going to do a little, uh, a little scripture hunt. This um, won't be difficult. I need, let's see, let's just start. You start with one and count to five, and then we'll start over, all right? One, two, three, four, five. All right. One, two, three, four, five. One, two. You've already numbered. Three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, okay. So my ones can come up here, and my twos can come over here. And my three's here, four's back at the door, and five in that corner. If y'all spread out, then I'll tell you what we're going to do. Here's your marker. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Group number one, your scripture assignment, and, and here's what you're looking for in your assignment, all right? From these scriptures, I want you to find... Um, what these verses have to say about working together. Okay? You're looking for working together from these verses. Alright? Team 1, you have First Peter 4, 8 through 10. Alright? Group number 2, you have Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Group 3, you have 1 Corinthians 12, 17 through 20. Group 4, can you hear me? Proverbs 27, 17. And group 5, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Does everybody know their assignment? We know what we're looking for, okay? It's, it's up here, but this slide didn't make so good on this screen, okay? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in that order okay so I'm gonna be I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you 10 minutes to come up with what that what your verse says about working in teams so read the verse and then discuss together what your answer will be appoint a spokesperson okay go <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, we're going to start with group number one. Find you a chair somewhere close. And so read, uh, read us your scripture and then tell us what you found from your scripture about teamwork. Who's our spokesperson over here? Uh, they're pointing at Bob. Read the scripture and tell us uh, what you found out about teamwork. All right, it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So we talked about a lot of love and kindness, respect, uh, creating an atmosphere uh, where people are included and brought in. Uh, we talked, somebody said earlier about uh, 
play your part and don't try to play everybody else's part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that when it says, uh, as you've received a gift, minister it. Mm -hmm. So we put knowing and using your own gifts. We talked about not grumbling and complaining in our uh, in our groups. Will you say that one again? <laughs> Are you complaining? I didn't say it well enough. <laughs> I just want to be sure everybody heard it. Don't complain. Uh, overlooking faults, which goes along with um, with hospi hospitality, um, intentional encouragement, mm -hmm. focusing on others, which is a matter of of. Uh, of um, of the, men, the gifts that we've been given, purposefully using them. And then the last thing was about stewardship. God's given us stuff and we need to not let it go to waste. Okay, that's good, that's great. All right, team number two. Okay. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Read the scripture and tell us what you found. We're gonna be a good team in like this. Okay, that's good. All right, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another of Oh, excuse me. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Yes. And let us not neglect our meeting together, uh -huh. as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Okay, good. So many throughout this scripture, there were five major things that we saw within it. And we listed motivate, love, attendance, encourage, and good works. And so then we broke down what we thought those things meant under motivate, we said we could motivate workers by training them uh, as they should be and praying for each other to, to motivate one another. Then love was to respect one another. Attendance was to be faithful. Uh, encourage was to support and build up. No gossiping. Uh, no Won't you say that one again? <laughs> <laughs> and then the good works was to finish the task and made sure we found look for God's guidance. Okay, good job. Thank you, team two. All right, number three, 1 Corinthians 12, 17 through 20. I've got my reader here. All righty. It's my role. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Uh, if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. That's good. Good. All right, tell us. What so what we wrote, well, here I'm going to sit so everybody else can see it, but we said that you, first of all, you've got to know your God-given role, which is what I said earlier about <laughs> know your role. Uh, don't try to be something else. Don't try to be, don't look at the other person and go, oh, I wish I could, and then you try to make yourself. That's not your job. To understand your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that would be the amen part, right? Right. Um, and then to recognize that God um, has placed you there specifically. So it's not an accident. He has placed you there. It is your role at the table. Play it. Good. That's great. All right. Group four, Proverbs 27. 17. Y'all had one verse. Proverbs 27, 17, but this is full of So one person sharpens another. Okay, great. And what did you find? Okay, but out of that came a lot of references about what that scripture could possibly mean. Uh, no one is idle. Everyone participates. Uh, 
Iron sharpening iron is a way to enhance others and make the whole process of ministry better. Yep. Motivate each other to keep going. You need that somebody to motivate you when things don't go Absolutely. as planned mm -hmm. or they don't go well. Right. So let's just say it go well. Mm -hmm. Strengthen and encourage uh, one another. As someone said over here, no comp there is no competition in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Together. Yeah. You need and, to say that one again. Yes. <laughs> The whole of iron sharpening iron allows us to be accountable to one another yes. and to him. Okay, that's great. Great job. And last but not least, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Wait a minute, she just said there was no competition. We're the best ones. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, there was a lot of uh, meaning in that text as well, but uh, kind of the heading, two are better than one. Mm -hmm. You'll notice the word failure came up a few times. Yeah. So uh, it's good to have somebody lift you out of failure. Failure is a thing we all get to go through. Who wants to go it alone? So you don't, don't work alone if you don't want to go through it alone. Um, two is better than one of the area of productivity. You get a lot more done than just going out by itself. And there's an inspiration as well, an inspiration that uh, comes when you see somebody working alongside of you. Sure. That's, uh, that's what we learned together. That's great. That's great. Okay, let's do this right quick. This is what we do in our staff meeting. I'm not saying it's the best idea, but it's an idea. <laughs> um, I want you to write your, like like group three did, write the scripture reference at the top. And then I want to encourage you to go around the room and just take pictures of these. So you've got everybody's note, for, and you can you can take this bag and use it uh, with your team, okay? I'll give you about three, four minutes to do that. Okay, let, let me let me just share. Let me just kind of go to an aside here a little bit. This is not even really something I was I was going to say, but I, I I had you do that uh, for a specific reason because I think a lot of times as team leaders, okay, you're you're here because you are a team leader. I'm guessing. Um, a lot of times we think we have to come be the one to come with the food to the table. Okay, so I I, I encourage you to let your team come up with the food sometimes okay put them in groups and let them work through some of this and let them they'll be more accountable to you if they see what the scripture says their responsibilities are mm -hmm. instead of you just always telling them does that make sense okay so help help them understand let them see let them work through this uh, process of of seeing. So that's that was one of the reasons I want, wanted you to do that. Now I want to share just a few minutes and and I do as I said earlier I kind of put this together with Sunday school leaders in mind. Okay I have uh, I have been Sunday school um, either director or minister of education or discipleship guy for the last 25 years. I don't know where my life went but anyway. Uh, 25 years is, is a long time and, and here here is the one thing I see a lot of teachers try to do. They try, they try to do it all themselves. They don't include other people in, 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 
in the group, in the group, in the work of the class. Okay? And so they really ignore 1 Corinthians 12, 17 for sure. You know, you, you got the foot trying to do what the hand's supposed to be doing. All right? Um, that, that never works. That never works. I, I, I have just had a, uh, a, one of my best leaders quit because they did not feel like they could get the class to come along and take responsibility. So I don't, I don't want that to happen to you. Um, I, I want your, your team um, to, to be able to, um, or your people to be able to build, build their own team. Okay, so from a from a Sunday school perspective, life group, Sunday school, small groups, whatever you call it, um, I, I want to give you some ideas on some uh, responsibilities that uh, your leader can share with other people in the group. Okay, so uh, let's let's go here. Uh, what do you need? Who do you need on your team to make it successful? Um, Depending on the size of the class, some of this um, is not possible. But if you have a large class um, or a small class, some these need to be taken care of. Number one, an apprentice teacher. Okay? Why do I not call it an assistant teacher? Anybody want to know? Guess? Someone on your same level as somebody that you are training up. Okay, that's good. That's right. This this is someone an apprentice gives the idea of someone who is eventually going to take responsibility. They're they're learning from you to do what you are now doing. Okay. So I don't use the word assistant teacher. I use the word uh, intentionally apprentice. Okay. So here's what I would say about your apprentice. They need to teach regularly. So for you, however often that is, if it's every other week, if it's every month, if it's every quarter, regularly. Okay? So that's number one. Have them teach regularly. Here's number two, and I think this is the one we don't do enough of. Have them teach when you are present. Okay, because here's what we do as leaders: we only need an apprentice for some for the Sundays that I'm not going to be there. Uh, that's not good stewardship. It's not an apprentice. That's right. Have them teach when you are there and encourage and challenge them. Okay, you you are you are bringing them up long term. And when I say long-term, I mean 18 to 24 months. Um, the goal would be for them to have their own class or, or team. Now, that may mean they take the class that you now have or they take a few people and start another one, okay? Uh, but um, when you recruit them, let them know up front that's what you're expecting, okay? All right? So, an apprentice, have them teach regularly and be present when they teach. Everybody good on that? Okay. All right, here's, here's somebody else that can help you. Prayer. 
Here's what I know from being a, um, a leader in a class. Um, I, my main focus is on presenting the Bible lesson for the day. Okay? And I'm going to forget something. So I, I want to be sure and give this prayer person the responsibility of taking care of our class prayer list, whatever that looks like for your class, okay? How many of you share a prayer request every week in Sunday school? Yes, every class does. We all do it. Front, first of the class probably. Some people do it at the end. I prefer doing it at the end. Uh, but um, ha have somebody else take care of that. Have somebody else be responsible for that. Um, okay? Prayer leader. Number next. A class administrator. Okay? Now, you can have the class administrator do a, a, a several number of things, but I would at least have your class, administra class administrator be responsible for keeping the records, okay? And here's what, I, here's what I did with mine. I had two copies of the roll, okay? The class administrator marked both copies, and they got one and I got one, all right? That's another class, so you have to come to the roles and responsibilities class if you want to know what that is. Uh, but I'm, because my, my role as a teacher is not only to teach, but it's also to shepherd. And so I use that role as, as a way to shepherd my class. Those who were not there, those who were becoming sporadic in their attendance, whatever. Um, but the, the administrator can help you um, keep the class. The administrator can help get the class started. If the prayer leader's doesn't want to do that, the administrator can help get the class started. I have a class or two at, uh, at Mount Zion. Uh, they call their administrator the class president. I, that don't bother me. <laughs> call it whatever you want. I it on. Yep. We did um, so you can call it class administrator, class president. Just have somebody who's responsible for keeping up with the records. Getting the class started. Okay? Alright. Next. And this one's very important. Party planner. Fellowship coordinator, social coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Okay? You need a time in your group or in your class um, regularly outside of Bible study where you can just hang out. Okay? I, I call it party planner. So do, do this every month, do it every quarter, um, do it after church every Sunday, I, it doesn't matter to me. Just make sure that you are, um, that you have time outside of your class to meet together. I'd say at least monthly, okay? I would also say this too, this is part of another class, um, when it comes to socials, fellowships, remember to invite lost and unchurched people to your fellowships. They are more likely
to come to a fellowship first than they are to your class and especially to church. So make sure that when you're when you're planning a fellowship, uh, it, it's kind of a it, it's kind of an event that anybody could attend, especially someone who's out of church. Okay, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Outreach leader. I have before combined the role of party planner and outreach leader together. You can do that. That's okay if you're if you don't have enough people to help uh, but um, the the focus of the outreach person is to keep to keep the needs of the lost and evangelism before the class okay before the group it, it kind of tends to get put off in the background especially if nobody's responsible for it okay so allow them to have that responsibility. And that can look different in, in, in everybody's class. Uh, it, it may be that this person helps your class members uh, share their story. I mean, the whole theme of this weekend is uh, stories. And so uh, you being able to share your story or your personal testimony is very important. Allow them to help uh, your class do that if you keep up if you keep a prospect list, um, allow them to, to manage that. Put somebody in charge of outreach. If you're involved in a um, community missions project in some way, that's outreach, okay? All right, uh, next, care group leaders. Care group leaders, leaders are more focused on uh, in-reach and caring for the class as a whole. Okay. And last but not least, if you have enough, and this was probably the easiest one, have a greeter at the door, at the door of your class, just to just to welcome folks as they arrive. Okay. Any questions about any of these? Any other? Um, ideas that you have that you've used before talk to me not claiming this is an exhaustive list by no means okay you see how you can pair some of these up make them work together okay your administrator could handle the prayer part as well Outreach and party planner could work together. Your care group leader could leaders could serve as greeters, rotate around. But so you could do this with as many or as little as you need to. Yes, Bob. I know these things are all working in the individual class, but one of the things I'm having difficulty with is kind of a lone ranger uh, Sunday school director and trying to build a team to help him instead of it bottlenecking and grinding to a halt things that need to get done. You going to get that later or is some of the stuff going to go in there also? Uh, I will get some of that later. I, I will say some, some of what I'm going to say in Sunday School Leadership class, which is tomorrow morning I think, mm-hmm. might help okay. uh, with some of that. So I, 
I feel your pain. Corinthians 12, 17 through 20. You know, this reminds me of years and years and years ago when we had training union. And within our little group, you had each of these. Okay. You had a part on the program, and you taught your part on the program. Okay. You had a party planner, and you had a paralytic. I mean, it's... Very similar? I did not know that. Yeah. Training union was actually the first thing I ever led. 17 years old. That's what they thought a training union back then. <laughs> Pardon? I was like 8, 9 years old. In that, okay. Alright. Any other thoughts, comments? We don't have time for snide remarks, but... Okay. Alright, I want to give you uh, one more thing and then we're going to be finished. You will get out before... What time are we supposed to quit? 4.30? Well, you might get out by 4.30. Um, all right, I, I want to give you uh, six steps to building a strong team, okay? Six steps uh, to building a strong team. Now, this can apply to anything, okay? This is not just necessarily related to Sunday school. It ties in with some of what we've already said. And so, here we go. Uh, number one, emphasize the process okay and what what I mean by that is the recruiting process for your team is key okay so here's what I'm afraid we do uh, when we go looking for somebody to fill a role we just want to be sure they got a pulse <laughs> that's that's not a process okay that's a medical diagnosis <laughs> The recruiting process is key, okay? So the, the role or the position that you're trying to fill and you want that person uh, to fill should not be taken lightly. A guy named uh, Jim Collins wrote a book several years ago called Good to Great. And his, his kind of his whole premise of that book was, it, it, he was talking about getting people on the bus but his premise was you got to get the right people in the right seat on the bus and that's what you're trying to do as a team leader okay um, we have just uh, our pastor has just uh, resigned a few months ago and we're trying to put together a, um, a senior pastor call team and so that that same example I've used with our church uh, or the the folks who are nominating people is we don't we don't need necessarily seven businessmen on this team you know no. you know we, we, we need to this is a this is a recruiting process that we're, we're looking for seven specific people to fill specific roles to go on this team and so uh, the pro, the process is key the recruiting process is key having the wrong person in the wrong place is not as frustrating to you uh, but it's also frustrating to an individual who really wants to serve. So be sure you get the right person in the right place, okay? Emphasize the process. Number two, um, value each role. What each person can bring to your leadership team is very important. Uh, and how you treat each person is also critical to developing a great team. No, no in this whole deal in 1 Corinthians 12, 
Paul is not saying that some body parts are more important than others. That's not what he's saying. He, he's saying that each body part has a different function, but they all make up the body. And so you can't, you can't make a, 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 team, a person on your team feel like their role is any less important than anybody else's role, especially your own, okay? You, you don't want, you don't want your, your, your people feeling like, why am I even here? If, if I'm not going to be um, res- given the responsibility to do uh, what you've asked me to do. And the, and the opposite of that is true. When that person understands that what they're doing matters and that their role is important, they'll give you 110% every time. Okay? So emphasize the process. Value each role. Number three, communication is key. Do you you know what the number one factor is in uh, real estate, especially when you're buying a house? You know what it is? What? Say it out loud. Location, location, location. That's it. Do you you know what the number one key is in in keeping a great team? Mm -hmm. Communication, communication, communication. You cannot, you cannot over communicate. You cannot. Well, you can listen. Okay, so you can't. You can give too much information. That's one thing. You cannot over communicate. Okay. George Bernard Shaw said this: the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has actually taken place. <laughs> and a lot of times, we are as leaders are really bad about that. Because here's what we say. Well, I told you once. Well, you didn't communicate. That, that's one time is not does not count as communication. Um, I, would, I would add to that that you need to know your team's style of communication. Sure. Because it is based on their personality, and if you are dealing with a C or an S and you're giving them way too much information yep. or, or way too quick, it doesn't work. Yeah. And your yeah. D's don't want so much. I mean, you got to know what, what Absolutely. need. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't remember exactly how the phrase went. Um, um, actually, I heard this from Tim Smith years and years ago. Uh, but Richard Nixon used to have a thing uh, with with his uh, with his team his 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 staff and it, it basically went something like this when when I get tired of saying it he as the president gets tired of saying it that the staff is finally getting it and then when the staff gets tired of saying it that the then the press is finally getting it and when the press gets tired of saying it well the American people are finally getting it you see what I'm saying you you can't you you just have to keep communication in in the forefront you you can't expect people to do something you haven't communicated either okay all right communication is key number four uh, set team goals goals keep the team focused and moving in the right direction 
Um, your goals should be bo both short and long-term goals, okay? And m motivating to keep the class or the group moving in the right direction. Uh, they should also be realistic. Um, don't give your team a goal um, that, that's not possible, that's not realistic, okay? Doing that will kind of make them feel like what they're working for is a lost cause, okay? So have, have, some, have some team goals. Here, here is a, here is a, a, a myth I think we need to avoid, especially when it comes to um, Sunday school and groups. Avoid the myth that bigger is better. Okay? Bigger's not better, it's just bigger. Okay? Seeing spiritual transformation in the lives of your members and your attenders always takes priority over the size of the class. Alright? Two more. I believe we will get through by 4.30. Celebrate the wins and learn from the losses. There's been a lot of times in my ministry where we had some big thing and it went off really good but we didn't take time to celebrate. I was like, oh, okay, we're done. Let's move on to something else. Where really what the team needed was that they just needed time to, you know, have a party. Go to lunch together. Uh, share their thoughts on uh, what went well. You know, Give them a treat, so to speak, if you're able to do that. <clears throat> Celebrate the wins. And then there's been times that we just kind of, you know, failed, messed up. And we didn't want to talk about that either, did we? <laughs> but there's been a lot of times in my ministry where I, where I learned more from my losses than I did from my successes. And, it, and it's not easy. It's not pleasant a lot of times. Um, you, you have to be careful and don't blame anybody on the team. We win and lose as a team, right? It's real easy. It's real easy right now for me to blame all the woes of the Braves in the last three innings on one particular person. But Brian Snicker don't do that because he understands that it's a team. Okay? So celebrate the wins and then learn from the losses. Learning from your losses will help the team learn from their mistakes and redirect them in their efforts in the right direction. Okay? And last but not least, Make time to have fun together. The old saying is, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But all work and no play also makes the team a dull team. So have fun together. In intentionally plan something 
where you're just going to have fun. You're not going to talk about anything. You know, our staff does that um, once a week on Tuesday. We go to lunch together. It's after staff meeting, so we've kind of got it all out of our system. But we 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 do our best not to talk about ministry at the lunch table. We just hang out. Okay. That's all. Any thoughts? Anything you would add to building a strong team? Okay. Questions? Comments? Yes. I just have a comment. Um, okay. Uh, uh, this has kind of refreshed me and gave me some new ideas. I'm like over the grow ministry, over the kids, children, okay. and adults. And so this gave me some things to think Great. about and then, and then what didn't go well and what went well. So, okay, yeah. that didn't go well. Yeah. What I need to do different. Yeah. Good. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Anybody else? I will say I love this exercise of pulling out the scripture. I, I saw a tremendous value in that when we go back to our teams and sure. getting them to sit down and do the same thing. That yeah. was very eye-opening. And you learn, you learn to work with people that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. You do. That's good. Okay. Thank you. That was really good. Yeah, about a quarterly meeting coming up and asking them to do this. Yeah. <laughs> the poster paper is available at Office Depot every day. Okay. Could you kind of touch on those? Which would yes, I do want to tell you. I do want to tell you about some of these resources. So all of those resources in the back on that back table are free. You can take whatever's back there. Okay. Matter of fact, I encourage you to take it. If it's not here from other three classes, that's fine. Y'all got the pick of the litter. There, there's. Uh, I know there's a couple of good books back there by John Maxwell on leadership. They're a little. They are a little dated. Uh, but they're very good. John Maxwell is an excellent leadership uh, guy. All of this stuff, I'm taking back home with me. Uh, so don't take it. But you're welcome to come up here and look at it. I would say um, we're kind of talking about leadership. So this was one of my favorite, most favorite reads ever. I'm not a reader, um, but I love reading John Maxwell. And this, this has a lot of good information in it, a lot of good encouragement about being a, being a 360 degree leader, just kind of seeing all around and, and doing that. This was a really good book. Um, Failing Forward, we're talking about mistakes. This is also a really good book on leadership. I think that's the two up here that are most connected to leadership. So either of those two would be excellent, excellent reads. Okay. Of the two video series by Alan Taylor, which one would you say would be the most? So this is the this is the newest one here. Um, I like this one better. It's older. This is a this is a Lifeway publication, and this is a Samson Resources thing. I think it's still available. It's at least DVD. So, uh, but it's it's good. Both of them are related to Sunday school. Um, so both both of those are are good. Okay. 
Yes. Thank you for reminding us to celebrate the wins. I was just uh, sitting here thinking how we have these task lists or the do list, and we're so driven to get something done yeah. that it's so quick to just go on to the next thing. Yeah, but it is. It helped help me to recognize that sometimes people <coughs> need that time. Yeah. To and revel in what they become. Yeah, and you need and you need that for yourself too as a leader because you know it's like I need to catch my breath. I've got a couple of things kind of lined up one behind the other and me and Matt were kind of talking about this before. My, my next project is a mission trip at the first of the month and a lot of times those things don't allow you to, you know, take a day, half a day and catch my breath. So you, you got to do that. You got to do that from time to time. So. You know, for my years in project management we had a saying and I think it's so important it's difficult to shovel the dirt out of the trenches when you are in a disaster or crisis mode if you've not taken the time to build the relationships and trust before you get there. You don't build it in the trenches very no. often. I'm, I'm not saying that you can't, yes. but if you're comfortable with people and what their skills are, what they can do, what they can accomplish, what they're willing to commit to, how faithful they are in that commitment, then when those crisis times come, and they, they come all the time sure. in history, then you know who you can yeah. tap, and your stress is a lot easier, the mission's accomplished a lot quicker uh, and more effectively. Yeah. Um, if, but having those times of celebration are where you really build those sure. fellowship and trust times. Yeah, they're very valuable. Very valuable. Okay. All right. We got five minutes. You're welcome to hang around and look at stuff and talk to each other. We are uh, actually supposed to be in the worship center at five o'clock. Okay. The main uh, there's a main session in the worship center at five o'clock and then supper. All right. All right. So you have plenty of time to get there. Thank you for coming. Hope to see you again. <laughs>